The views and opinions of the following program are not necessarily those of the staff management ownership or sponsors of the Real Talk Radio Network. Portions may be pre-recorded. This is the Real Talk Radio Network, the voice of freedom. The following program is sponsored by Frank Shelton. Welcome to Frank Shelton's podcast on life, leadership, and our Lord. Frank is an author, evangelist, and one of the most sought-after speakers in America. Frank is married to his sweetheart, Ruth, and they have two children and live near Washington, D.C. After working two decades on Capitol Hill, he left by faith to preach the gospel. He served five years on staff with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he was a chaplain at three Summer Olympics. Today, Frank has preached on five continents and addressed audiences at stadiums over 120,000 in attendance. His TV ministry, By Faith with Frank Shelton, airs weekly to over 150 million homes worldwide. And today, he's thrilled to speak to you. Enjoy today's message by our host, Frank Shelton. Hello, my name is Morgan. Some say I have a way with words. In fact, you could say I have a God-given gift to paint a picture just by the way I talk. I would like to tell you about another who has a similar gift, and that's Frank Shelton. I love to listen to his voice and values, because in a world of hate, he promotes love, and where others speak hype, he speaks hope. For time-tested truth, visit www.frankshelton.com. Celebrity voice impersonated. Praise the Lord, my friends. Hello, St. Louis and the wonderful listeners of the Real Talk Radio and those tuning in coast to coast. You know, we are excited about how God's hand is on this ministry. And uh, it's really exciting. I was talking to Dan and Drew from the morning crew, and we're just in awe of what God's doing. On behalf of Ruth and I, I want to tell you Merry Christmas. I want to give a shout out to Rick and Tracy Ellis. And all those who are part of this great network got three words for you. God loves you. Today's a great day. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, email me today, frank at frankshelton.com. Tell me where you're listening. I'd like to add you to our free newsletter. And I got a small gift for you. So you email me and I have a gift to Y-O-U. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the space of grace to seek your face this Christmas season that you came from heaven to earth on a rescue mission. And I just pray that you would bless the listeners, bless their coming and going, go before them, beside them, behind them. But as best of all, you're in them. And as kids of the King, we'll never walk alone. Pray that you'll touch hearts this hour. In the name above all names we pray, Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, it's my privilege to spend time with you. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, relax, kick back as we unpack what's going on in our world. Number one, my dad worked four decades on Capitol Hill, and he used to joke, he'd look at me, Frank, I'm Frank Jr. It's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by so many turkeys. Can I get an amen? It's been said, who you hang out with is what you become. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The leadership legend John Maxwell said, quote, if you walk in a room and you're the sharpest in the room, my friend, you're in the wrong room. Over the years, many people went to D.C. with the intent to change Washington. But sadly, 
too often Washington changed them. There was a movie that I love, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Someone from the Charlotte Observer one time wrote a story about my life, and it was humbling because it was called Mr. Shelton Goes to Washington. Jimmy Stewart is one of my heroes. He's an amazing Hollywood actor, an American icon. My parents, Frank and Sharon Shelton, had the honor to meet him at a dinner, of all places, at the FBI headquarters in Washington in 1984. One of my favorite movies was the Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. Months after winning his 1941 Academy Award for Best Actor in The Philadelphia Story, Jimmy Stewart, one of the best-known actors of the day, left Hollywood and joined the United States Army. He was the first big-name movie star to enlist in World War II, an accomplished private pilot. The 33-year-old Hollywood icon became a U.S. Army Air Force aviator, earning a second lieutenant commission in early 1942. And with his celebrity status and huge popularity with the American public, he was assigned to starring and recruiting military films, attending rallies, and training younger pilots. Stewart, however, wasn't satisfied. He wanted to fly combat missions in Europe, not spend time in a stateside training command. By 1944, frustrated and feeling the war was passing him by, he asked his commanding officer to transfer him to a unit deploying to Europe. His request was reluctantly granted. Stuart, now a captain at the time, was sent to England, where he spent the next year and a half flying B-24 Liberator bombers over Germany. Throughout his time overseas, the U.S. Army Air Corps top brass had tried to keep the popular movie star from flying over enemy territory, but Jimmy Stewart would have none of it. Despite determined to lead by example, he bucked the system and assigned himself to every combat mission he could. By the end of the war, he was one of the most respected decorated pilots in his unit. But his wartime service came at a high personal price. And the final months of World War II, he was grounded for being flak happy, or today we would call it post-traumatic stress disorder. When he returned to the U.S. in August of 45, Stewart was a changed man. He had lost so much weight that he looked sick. He rarely slept, and when he did, he had nightmares of planes exploding and men falling through the air screaming. And on one mission alone, his unit lost 13 airplanes and 130 men, most of whom he knew personally. He was depressed, couldn't focus, refused to talk to anyone about his war experiences, and his acting career was all but over. As one of Stewart's biographers put it, every decision he made during the war was going to preserve life or the cost of lives. He took back to Hollywood all the stress that he had built up. In 1946, he got his big break. He took the role of George Bailey, the suicider father, and it's a wonderful life and the rest is history. Actors and crew of the set realized that many of the disturbing scenes of George Bailey unraveling in front of his family, Stewart wasn't acting. It was his PTSD was being captured on film for millions to eventually watch. But despite Stewart's inner turmoil, making the movie was therapeutic for the combat veteran. He would go on to become one of the most accomplished and beloved actors in American history.
When asked in 1941 why he wanted to leave his acting career to fly combat missions over Nazi Germany, he said, quote, This country's conscience is bigger than all the studios in Hollywood combined, and the time will come when we'll have to fight. This holiday season, as many of us watch the classic Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life, it's also a fitting time to remember the sacrifices of Jimmy Stewart and all the men who gave up so much to serve their country during wartime. While fighting in Europe, Jimmy Stewart's Oscar statue was proudly displayed in his father's Pennsylvania hardware store. Throughout his life, the beloved actor always said his father, a World War I veteran, was the person who had made the biggest impact on him. Jimmy Stewart remained in the United States Air Force Reserve following the war, retiring as a Brigadier General in 1968. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1985, and he died in 1997 at the age of 89. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year Merry Christmas Hey, it is Drew from the Morning Crew wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. It's the greatest story ever told this Christmas. Twelve words that can change your life. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God is with us, full of grace and truth. No one is beyond the reach of His love, and He's at work in you, even in today's craziness. Merry Christmas. Welcome back. And I love that song. You know, in the last segment, I talked about the military and Jimmy Stewart's illustrious career, both in Hollywood and serving God and country. My dad served in the United States Army. My grandfather was in the U.S. Navy. My cousin, Jonathan, serves today in the United States Marine Corps. My niece was the United States Coast Guard, and thank God for all those who have served and served today. America is better because of you. This past Sunday, I had the honor to return and preach for my good friend, Pastor Dan Moore, at Callaway Baptist Church in Maryland, and we had a time. Pastor Dan and I have been friends for over 30 years, and I love that brother. He is a leader, and they're in the process of building a multi-million dollar addition to their church, and it looks great. He's also the chaplain of the Charlotte Hall Veterans Home, and every Tuesday and Sunday, after services, he goes back to minister to former men and women in the military. He asked me after the service on Sunday if I would go with him and preach the Christmas message to some of America's finest. It was my honor and it was a privilege to preach to them and thank them for their service, but remind them of their need for a Savior. God met with us. Souls were saved. And it's one thing to be in America's army. 
but we all need to be in the Lord's army. We sang as a kid, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, or shoot the artillery, but I'm in the Lord's army. Speaking of Charlotte All Veterans Home, ironically, that was the same campus that an unknown Sylvester Stallone, as a teen, attended the Charlotte Hall Military Academy in Southern Maryland. Before Sly turned into John J. Rambo as a Green Beret, he was enrolled at that very school. It was super catching up with Stallone two weeks before in Philadelphia. God does indeed order our steps. If you haven't seen the video or the pictures from that event in Philadelphia for Rocky Day, go to frankshelton.com and you can see the new blog on our homepage. Speaking of army, during the pandemic, the Lord whispered in my spirit, Frank, you're in my army, but I need you in the Air Force. What I felt like the Lord was insinuating, take the airways back for my glory. Friends, I'm so slow it takes two hours to watch 60 Minutes but we need to put feet to our prayers. And uh, we started doing a Facebook Live from my dining room table during that two-week slow the curve. We then, by faith, put together a radio show, and it expanded to 18 cities, coast to coast. And then the Lord opened up the door for us to have a TV ministry weekly on multiple networks. You can go to frankshelton.com, top right-hand column, click TV and radio listings, and we just added over 260 free messages. You can subscribe to our podcast. We're on DirecTV, Dish Cable, and other outlets Monday through Friday. We're on daily at 9.30 a.m. right after Life Today with my friend Tammy Trent and James and Betty Robinson. We come on from 9.30 to 10 a.m. to over 2 million homes Monday through Friday in West Palm Beach, Florida. Between our billboards in New York, ads running during two local theaters in Maryland, radio and TV, salvation is free, but ministry and discipleship does come with a cost. We're thankful for all of our prayer warriors and partners. And if you would like to pray about donating to this ministry, visit frankshelton.com today. We're tax deductible and no amount is too big or too small. Consider giving your best end of the year gift and I'm excited that the start of the year, we're rolling out our brand new ministry app for your phone or tablet. It will have countless sermons, interviews, podcasts, Bible verses, my upcoming speaking calendar, and a helpful tools to help you in your journey with Jesus. And uh, we're excited. We've been on video on demand with the Now Network for two, three years, and we're excited to roll out this app. It's been a project in the making. But I can't wait for you to get it. Feel free to share today's message with friends. And if you email me, frank at frankshelton.com, our ministry will mail you a free gift this Christmas season. Today's going to be great. I'm going to talk to you about a childlike faith. That's right, a childlike faith. Regardless of where you are, we're called to be a billboard for Jesus. We can shine a light in the dark and wear glow sticks for God. Remember this, the dark of the night the brighter the light. Speaking of billboards, if you're visiting the Big Apple the next two weeks, our ministry, Frank Shelton Global, are running video ads on Times Square on Broadway. It's a 55-foot wide by 31-foot tall digital billboard promoting Christ this Christmas season 
with the two most important words ever strung together, Jesus saves. We're right above the Pele store. There's Disney, there's Coca-Cola, Apple, and even the Back to the Future. And as folks are in line on Broadway and they look up and see those massive advertising, our private prayer is that despite the hustle and bustle, folks will be mindful that Jesus saves. If you would like to see a video of pictures, go to my Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Frank Shelton Jr. They'll bless you. The Doobie Brothers had a number one hit, taking it to the streets. And God calls us not to only keep the faith, but share it. Stacy Robinson from Atlanta is a dear friend and well-known public relations person in the Peach State. We've been friends for over 15 years. She's helped me open up many doors for our ministry, and we're eternally grateful. And last night, she went to social media and wrote, quote, Evangelist Frank Shelton has not only taken the gospel to the highways and the byways, but Times Square, too. Amen. The church isn't restricted to four walls, and Christ isn't coming back for beautiful brick buildings. My friend, he's coming back for blood-bought believers. The first two letters of God's name is go. The first two letters of gospel is go. And the first two letters of good news is go. And we have the green light to get going for God. One of my favorite stories was told years ago about a boy named Tommy in New York. His family rented on the third story of a row house and money was tight and life was tough. One afternoon, Tommy was dangling out of his third-story window, and he was aiming a mirror towards the heavens. Frustrated, he came down the steps and out the door and was now on the street as dozens and dozens of busy New Yorkers whizzed by. Tommy pulled out a large mirror that was half the size of him, and he was aiming it towards the sky and then angled the mirror towards his brother's window. One pedestrian barked, hey, kid, put that away. What are you doing? Get out of the way. You're impeding traffic. You're bothering somebody. And Tommy, with tears, said, mister, I don't mean any harm. I live here. You see, in that third story window is my little brother, Jimmy. He's handicapped, and he doesn't get to come out and play like all the other kids. So I told him I'd come out here with this mirror so he could catch a reflection of the sun. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And when society sees us, do they see the Savior? When they review our lives, do they get a reflection of the Redeemer? And when they gaze at you, your prayer should be, do they get a glimpse of God? It's one thing to be a billboard for a well-known brand, but we have a greater responsibility. We promote the Bible. We aren't just mere beer boards for Gucci, but God, not Jordan, but Jesus. And it's one thing to promote Calvin Klein. It's next level to promote Christ the King. May we all walk worthy of him this holiday season. And remember, folks are watching, whether you believe it or not. What a I think to myself What a wonderful
Keep up the good work, Peggy. We're listening. We're out here. We're with you. It's on the real with Peggy Hubbard. Don't ever refer to me as African because doggone it, boy, I was born in St. Louis. Hey, I was with you in Forest Park, and I was with you in D.C. It is not about our color. It's about the haves and the have-nots. Peggy, good stuff all the way around. I love her so much, and she is just such a beautiful human being. She is a true treasure. On the real with Peggy Hubbard, weekday afternoons, 2 until 4 on the Real Talk Radio network why can't every day be like christmas why can't that feeling go on endlessly for if every day could be just like christmas what a wonderful world this would be Man, I love that song. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, got three Grammys, but not one of them was for rock. They were all three gospel albums, and very few sang gospel or Christmas like Elvis Presley. That song, Why Can Every Day Be Like Christmas, is one of my favorite. There were Silver Bells and Blue Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, But that song, Why Can't Every Day Be Like Christmas, is one of my favorites. Well, it can when we carry the Spirit of Christ in our hearts. Yesterday, I put on my Facebook page a picture of an elf, not the elf on the shelf. But this time, it was an elf on his knees reading the Bible. A lot of people enjoyed it, and uh, a lot of people shared it. You can also join my Facebook page. Just go to Frank Shelton. And uh, I remember... When we get in the Bible, the Bible will get in us. A mother wrote to her son going off to college his freshman year. She wrote on the inside of his Bible, baby, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. The Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And, uh, you know, when I think about being a billboard for Jesus. I remember a story of a preacher went to a hardware store on a Saturday morning to buy some odds and ends to tend to his yard. And the bill came to $47.50 and the clergy came in and there was a young teenage clerk and handed her a crisp $50 bill. She smiled and gave him two bills and two quarters and he said goodbye. He exited the store, got in his car, put on a seatbelt, started the engine looked in the rearview mirror, had his hand getting ready to shift and reverse. And he looked, and opposed to receiving two $1 bills and 50 cents, the clerk gave him a $10 bill and a single dollar bill. $9 too much change. He had a dilemma. Satan was teasing him. It's your lucky day. You do so much for others. Someone surely owes you money. Just keep it. And the Holy Spirit whispered, WWJD, What would Jesus do? The devil said, just leave. You're already in the car. It's an inconvenience to go back. It's no big deal. What would you do? The man unfastened his seatbelt, exited the car, entered the store, said hi to the clerk and said, ma'am, you inadvertently gave me too much change. She smiled and said, no, it wasn't an accident. You didn't know me. But I recognize you the moment you came into the store today. I'm an atheist, 
and I knew you were the local preacher. Sir, I just wanted to see if you practice in private what you preached in public. You passed the test. And what time do you have church tomorrow? I think my friend and I just may show up. The greatest sermon isn't preached, but lived. Sometimes our actions speak so loud, society cannot hear what we're saying. Some say there's five gospels in the Bible. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But what's the gospel according to you? Have you ever noticed that sometimes those wearing the biggest crosses resemble Christ the least? Have you ever been cut off on the highway? (laughs) See road rage firsthand. Someone gives you the middle finger, curses you the riot act, hanging out the window, only to see an I love Jesus bumper sticker as they fly by. A mentor told me a long time ago, if you believe it, we better be living it. I want to share a story with you. I talked about a childlike faith. My mom shared something on her Facebook yesterday. She wrote, quote, In 1972, I found a photo from our District Heights, Maryland home that brought back a wonderful memory. This is my son, Frankie, and our next-door neighbor, Mr. John Wasey. Notice the mail slot in the front door. The story took place in October 1974 on the day our Sears catalog Christmas wish list arrived in the mail. Little Frankie, that would be me, was not quite three, and he was in the living room looking through the catalog while I was in the kitchen. He dragged the big book out to the kitchen and pointed to an Evil Knievel stunt set and told me this is what he wanted for Christmas. And I said, okay, Frankie, I see it, and I'll go and play. Little Frankie went back in the living room and Two or three minutes later, he's back in the kitchen, but this time again with the catalog. He found a crayon and circled the toy, and he said, Mommy, this is the one. I see it, Frankie. Now go and play. (laughs) A minute or later, I was back. This time, I had torn out the page of the book. Here, Mommy, put the picture of Evil Knievel stunt set on the refrigerator just in case you don't forget. (laughs) My mom screamed, Frankie, I've told you when something is worrying about you, what do you do? And I said, well, pray about it. And she said, yes, now go tell Jesus and stop worrying about it. Three or four minutes later passed, and he wasn't back in the kitchen, so I just was thinking to myself that the prayer must have worked. The doorbell rang. The mail slot in our front door was at little Frankie's eye level. And whenever the doorbell rang, he ran to the door and looked out the slot to see who it was there. That was his window to the world just then frankie yelled great googa mama quick it's jesus and he got to my evil knievel stunt cycle i ran to the door and opened it and there stood our next door neighbor john Weishi. he was holding a box with an evil knievel stunt cycle picture on it when frankie saw him he said it's not jesus it's only mr Weishi." you see john's son tommy had an october birthday and he was bringing the tour over to hide in our attic until his son's birthday But when Frankie had looked out the mail slot, all he saw was a man's hands holding the toy he had just asked Jesus for. He was not even three years old, but it was already apparent to me as his mom that little Frankie was blessed with a special faith, a faith in a heavenly father who loves us unconditionally, who hears our prayers and still makes house calls today. 
May we all experience that same childlike faith this Christmas season. Peace and blessings, Sharon Shelton. I'm reminded that fear honors the devil, but faith honors God. I started out with Elvis in this segment. Had the privilege to see Elvis twice at age five in 1977. And, uh, but my ministry anniversary was earlier this year. I'm 51. I've been preaching for three quarters of my life, but I was ordained in 98 and it was humbling, but this is the video shout out. I got out from Priscilla Presley. I had bought her a Bible recently with her name on it, and I was going to hand deliver it to her in New York, but her event was temporarily postponed. We both know that there's only one king, and it wasn't Elvis Presley, but it sure was an honor to hear from his ex-wife. This is Priscilla Presley. Thank you very much. A gospel song, ladies and gentlemen, that we did in 1966 called How Great Thou Art. Sing, sing to my soul, Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. As you can see here, it's Priscilla Presley. And wow, I'm impressed with you. Um, I understand and know that you're a huge fan of Elvis's and that you saw him twice, I guess, uh, in 1977 at the age of five. Um, I wonder how that, at five years old, how much that impressed you. I can't even imagine. You obviously. Um, he obviously did impress you very, very much. It's it's nice to hear that. Um, uh, and I also know that uh, this is your 25th anniversary of being an ordained minister. Yeah, August the 12th, I believe. Um, that's great, too. Uh, I, I wish I knew where you lived, and uh, I can kind of get a bigger picture of it. But um, and you're having a huge party, uh, of course. You need to do that. I don't know if you've ever been to Graceland or not, but I, I, I hope you do go. I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, I hope that you go someday. I think you'll be so impressed if you already aren't, If you, like I said, if you did see it. But um, it's a, a very special place, very peaceful. You can understand why Elvis loved it so much and never wanted to, to leave it. Um, and uh, always went back to, to Graceland. As soon as he finished a movie, he was out of there and back to Graceland. That was his refuge. That was his place to think. That was his place to have fun, uh, get together with all his friends. And he would let everybody know that he was on his way in his bus to come back to Memphis right after a film. But you probably know all this anyway, right? And I, and I, I also see that you, had, that you knew Ricky Stanley Wow, he was a piece of work. <laughs> I 
and that um, you were also a friend of Bob Catwell. Cantwell. Okay, that's great too. Um, and Deborah Bliss is uh, is a friend. I know that too. And you know a lot. You know a lot. I'm really impressed with you, Frank. Um, and you also know, of course, that Elvis Elvis loved love, love, love gospel music. Um, we used to go to uh, a lot of gospel shows. I'll never forget that. Um, and sneak in and watch all the gospel singers uh, sing. And, and uh, that was, uh, he started doing that when he was a very young child. And you probably know that. <laughs> anyway, um, it was nice uh, having this little conversation one-sided with you, but um, keep doing what you're doing and keep loving all this, okay? Thank you, Frank. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi there, this is Dan Strauss from The Morning Crew with Drew. Sandy and I would just like to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Also, to all of my Italian friends, Feliz Navidad. And to my Jewish friends, Happy Harmonica. Also, I want to ask you a question about Jesus. How did Mary and Joseph weigh Jesus away in a manger? <laughs> I crack myself up. Happy holidays, everyone. Praise the Lord, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. And uh, wherever you are today, just know that God is in your corner. Jesus loved you so much. He'd rather die for you than live without you. And uh, I hope that we can meet in person one day. But in the meantime, just know that I'm pushing for you. I'm pulling for you and I'm praying for you. I've had three friends die in the last two weeks. And um, I had the honor to officiate Candy Lance's funeral. I had known her for 45 years old, and she passed. And we had over 20 people give their life to her, uh, to the Lord at her funeral. It was great to see her brother Joe, his wife Monica, Mr. and Mrs. Lance. And um, I tell you, there's a lot of hurting people out there, but some people see death as a hopeless end but when you knew the Lord it's not a hopeless end it is an endless hope today I'd like to dedicate today's show to the three friends that are now with the Lord my friend Karen Knight is a Christian recording artist we've ministered multiple times at event 
the last time we were together, she sang and one of the soloists to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sang, and I had the honor to preach a revival. And they brought the house down. Karen shared something on her social media post today, and it blessed me. And I'm going to share it with you. It says, Christmas is canceled in Israel. Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. It's not going to happen this year. Instead of a celebration, there's fighting, suspicion, and fear. The visitors won't be flocking there. The pilgrims are staying away. No one is feeling safe enough to visit the place he once lay. The shops won't be making a profit and trading will be very thin. Hotels and streets will be empty. Once again, there's room in the inn. Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem, the town of Jesus' birth. It's a shame when you think that his coming was meant to bring peace on earth. You know, our society today is dark. You look at Hollywood, they're not promoting hope but hype. I talked about predictive programming last week. If you go to the Real Talk 93.3 website, you can see our past conversations you can also see the wonderful folks that are on here on a daily basis and glean from theirs as well. But I talked about the new movie, Leave the World Behind, but there's a new one that's going to come out this spring, A24, basically American 2024. It's going to talk about a civil war, unrest, folks hungry, trying to prepare, food will be scarce. We're already seeing the dollar start to fail before our eyes. There was an old expression at one time, cash is king, no, Christ is king. And more than ever, we need to keep our eyes on the prize, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. That first Christmas was dark and bleak, but there was a light that lit up the sky that led the way. 2,000 years later, the Lord, the light, is still leading the way. That first Christmas was pretty simple, and it's okay if yours is too. Christmas is simply profound and profoundly simple. Charlton Heston was correct when he said that it was the greatest story ever told. The American dream is going from rags to riches, but Jesus went from riches to rags. He went from a mansion to a manger, and he went from a wooden crib to a wooden cross. He left the throne of heaven to wear a crown of thorns on earth. He was worshipped above by angels and murdered by mere mortals below. He who embodied heaven went through hell. And it was our Redeemer, not Rambo, on that first rescue mission. He left Beulah land to come to Bethlehem to be the bruised and battered lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. And he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the sons and daughters of God. He who was divinity put on humanity 
that we could become royalty for all of eternity. We serve a good, good God, Jesus. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about that name. You know, I think of the Christmas classic, The Little Drummer Boy. I have some friends that tell me that Bruce Willis's Die Hard's the greatest Christmas movie. <laughs> I love it, Nakatoma Plaza. Then there's Chevy Chase's National Lampoon's Christmas. Just two weeks ago, I had the honor to thank Chevy Chase in person for all the memories. He was in Philadelphia with Sly. I love Home Alone. I'm a preacher trying to get people saved. I remember on our 10-year wedding anniversary, Ruth and I were trying to get away, and my son said, hey, I want to go with you. And I said, Andrew, Mommy and Daddy are just going to go to New York for our anniversary. He goes, well, I want to go too. I said, well, why do you want to go? He goes, well, Kevin got lost in Home Alone too. I want to go as well. I'm trying to get people saved, and I got a kid that wants to get lost in New York. But there's some Christmas classics, but to me, nothing touched my heart like the old school Little Drummer Boy. I'm going to leave you with that story. When you think of that song, Me and My Drum, there was a boy with a battered drum born on the other side of the tracks. We don't know if his mom and dad were still in the picture. But all of us have a gift. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it for God's glory. He didn't have fancy equipment but he had a first rate work ethic and this little lad is in the corner and he sees the Lord the Christ child front and center Satan society and himself were probably saying you're a loser you're just a little boy with a beat up drum just stay in the corner and be content and zip it and stay silent well that little drummer boy reminds me first of all we see his anonymity we don't know his name But the beautiful thing this Christmas is the world may not know your name, but if God knows your name, that's all that matters. Number two, we see his anonymity, but we see his proximity. See, Christians can't be satisfied sitting on the sidelines because Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christ calls and compels us to get in the game. We see not only his anonymity and his proximity, but we see his posterity. In a world that was out to get, this is a kid that came to give. And Satan was saying, you're a loser. You're nobody. Nobody knows your name. You got a beat up drum. Why don't you just zip it and sit in the corner? But when you're in the presence of God, you cannot be satisfied sitting in the sidelines. The first step was always the hardest. But when he took a step, the second step, I really believe he got a spine like steel. Billy Graham said, take the first step. You will actually strengthen the spines of everyone behind you. And we see this anonymous kid with the beat-up drum. He began to play his drum. And now he's playing for an audience of one. It's just not anyone. It's the one, the son of the living God, who was going to change the world. And I love that song. And the king smiled at me. Me and my drum. The song never implied that when the three earthly wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the Christ child didn't smile when the earthly kings were in the house. 
But when it was a dirt poor shepherd boy with a beat up drum who gave God all that he had is what touched the Almighty and the angels. God gave his all to us and we should do no less. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining Frank Shelton today. Consider bringing Frank to your next outreach. Feel free to contact us at frank at frankshelton.com and look for us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Frank Shelton Jr. If you would like to partner with Frank Shelton Global, you can donate online at frankshelton.com. Your generosity will help us bring the word to the world. This is Frank Shelton reminding you when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God bless you and go with God. Tune in next week and God bless you.